When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Six Rings King Show on a new night, Monday night now, baby. We're really excited, actually, to have Eric McLean on the show here, college football analyst, co-host of the Huddle. Coach, yes, all right. First touchdown of the year. Miami Hurricanes, yeah. You know the name already. It's Mercy. Ha ha. It's the Six Ring King Show. Can't forget the name, though. Got Jazz Blue Vision DJ break the game code. Ain't no changing up. Ain't no breaking up. Real port alive from the Hall Ride Stadium. Ball 14 for the orange or green. You see the Six Ring Champs. It's more than a dream. This is life on the field. Beyond 100 yards of hurricane. That's never still put a damage to What's wrong with us? Seriously. What's wrong with us? We're Miami Hurricanes fans. Welcome to the Six Rings Cane Show, a show dedicated to Miami Hurricane sports, featuring the legendary Larry Bluestein, Jazz Santana, Vish, and Danny Gillette. Let's go Canes. What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, the... Degenerate life continues here with uh, Miami Hurricanes fandom. And uh, what's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? A win. <laughs> I mean, feel better after a win. A little yeah. bit better, right? A little bit better this week. Yeah. I mean, I should take full credit for that. I, I went down there. Oh, there oh, you yeah. go. Oh, yeah. Your this first is, win. Third time's a charm. This time, I know. I was right? about to say, like, let's not, let's not talk about the past. <laughs> You know, one and zero. Oh, that, that's what I am. Are you going All to Clemson this week? <laughs> no, actually, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. I think we do a little watch party. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and uh, Jazz and I are doing well. We'll just go ahead and talk about it right now. Doing an Alzheimer's walk uh, in Miami on Saturday morning. So, oh, nice. It's at, F- it's at FIU. So Jazz and I will be walking in that, and then the games at three thirty. We'll do some kind of a watch party. I think we're we're, we're, glad, we're planning. I'm glad you remembered where it's at because if not. I, I'd probably be at Bicentennial Park on Saturday morning. So thanks for reminding me that it's at FIU. That's a lot better, by the way. A lot better than than the uh, Biscayne Boulevard and all that crap over there. It's kind of crazy. But um, yeah, we'll talk um, a little bit. We'll get a little bit more into that. We've got a um, hey, what up, Gussie Gus? 
Um, we've got a uh, cool show today. We got someone uh, here already, um, and we'll we'll bring we'll bring him out in just a second. Our very special guest, uh, friend of the friend of the families here, friend of the show. But before we get to that, let's uh, give a shout out to our sponsor. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Manscaped. Uh, here we go, Manscaped.com. You know, look, me, me and Blue know about Manscaped. All right, Manscaped is absolutely uh, an amazing product, okay? Uh, make sure, before everything, make sure you go to Manscaped.com when you place your order. Put in the code 5RSN. That's the number 5 and then the letters RSN. You will get 20% off plus free shipping as well. So make sure when you go in there, check them out. Go to Manscaped.com, put in the code um, 5RSN and you'll get 20% off plus free shipping. It's that, it's that performance package for me, uh, Blue. I don't know about you, but I've got that 4.0 package where it gets you the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, the crop preserver. Uh, it also gives you the crop reviver and the performance boxer briefs. Super comfortable briefs. Um, and you actually get a little travel bag as well to hold your stuff. I got it right here. I always got it ready. I always there got you it go. ready. There it is right there. All right. Um, make sure you guys go and get yourselves uh, some of this really, really good, um, these really good products that they have over there at manscaped.com. They are the official sponsor of the uh, Six Rings Canes show here and of the Five Reasons Sports Network also. So check them out. Manscaped.com, code word 5RSN, gets you 20% off plus free shipping. Manscaped.com, check them out. So, yeah, before we bring in our guest, um, listen, we got a lot to cover, and I'm, I'm glad that he's on because uh, – Look, there's certain things that I want to get into, but I don't want to get into it in depth because, and he'll know what I'm talking about. Um, and I'm sure, and Vish, you kind of know what I'm talking about too. But, um, uh, to be honest with you, we're all excited, right? We're all excited. We, uh, you know, as excited as we can be, it's 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 a win. Uh, you know, in, in conference win is fine, but uh, we've got to, we got to see some talented players out there um, this past weekend. Some young guys come out and uh, show us a little something, and um, I think that it. You know, it just excites some of us as as, as fans that have seen the struggle. We've all seen how, how they struggled this whole entire season. Um, but we've spoken a lot about some of these guys that got out there this weekend and played really well. And, and some guys that came back and had a bounce-back game, right? So we're really, really impressed by that and happy for those kids as well. Look, you'll never hear us say uh, here on this show or on, on, on a lot of the shows that, you know, we want anybody gone. We think anybody's terrible, but we will criticize when you're having a bad game or what we think, right? That's that's what we do here as as show hosts and as fans as well. So, um, but before we even get that going, um, let's bring him on out. Ah, there he is. Do I do I have to go get my manscape down downstairs and, and show it on the show, man? You, you got it too, Rex. Of course, I got the uh, I got the uh, the men's uh, health edition or whatever the heck it's called. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about, baby. You're the best. All right, please do not show it to us. No, we'll go. it's okay. <laughs> Max, uh, what's going on, brother? How you doing, man? Thanks for joining us for a little bit, a little while here. It's already dark over there. Finally, with this daylight savings time, right? Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing extra duty this week. I went on flow show last night. I have my show tomorrow. I'm on here tonight, so I'm, I'm working overtime this week. You, you are. The you you got to come on for these wins, man. They're yeah, not, they're yeah. not as cold as we'd like, so you got to yeah. celebrate as much as possible. I oh, give all man. credit to the the beard. The beard is a uh, is putting forward the. The winning spirits to the team. Are you part of the No Shave November Club? Uh, nah, 
No. All right. No. Neither am I, man. I can't do that. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, yeah, real quick before we get into some other stuff, because Max, you've been hearing from me a lot lately. All right, let's just let's just, just call it what it is, just, right? Just a bit. <laughs> um. Listen, I know some people don't say, won't say it's a big win, but for us, it's a big win, man. And I'll tell you why, right? Like for me, it's a big win because you got. You, I'm gonna point out, I'm gonna single out Jakari Brown, but. Um, I was really excited to see how he played, right? Like, everybody's talking about, well, it's against a crappy team. Well, we're a crappy team, so what are we even talking about here, right? Like, you know, it's an opportunity to, first of all, you want a, a, you want against a P5 team, I don't care who it is, with your with your third-string quarterback, okay? And a lot of missing pieces in, 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 on this whole entire roster. But you saw some really exciting things from Jakari Brown. Now, and before we even get going on anything else about this game, I'm going to go around the horn on how you felt about the way he performed. Forget about all the other crap that everybody talks about, right? Like how bad Georgia Tech is and yada, yada, yada. It doesn't really matter. For me, it was about how he, you know, actually went out there and commanded this offense. He looked really good doing it. Um, and he brought that element that we don't have with the other quarterbacks, right, which is the escapability with his legs. And, and I know some of the other guys can kind of scoot around a little bit, but he's just – He's more talented than a lot of guys out there in college football with his legs and being able to break tackles and his speed, versatility, all that stuff. Talk to me a little bit about that, Max, and how you felt about his performance on Saturday against uh, Georgia Tech. Yeah, I thought he played really well. Um, you know, first career start, first game with a lot of reps. You know, he's he's been thrown into the mix a little bit, but that was his first game with, you know, a, you know, I mean, he played the whole game. There was no other quarterback that played. Um, I think he's the perfect quarterback for – the offensive line that we currently have uh, because they're, they're, they're not very good. Um, and it's a lot easier for a mobile quarterback to kind of evade pressure. Um, so I thought he did that really well, uh, but I will give the offensive line credit. They played a lot better on Saturday than they have the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, obviously Jakari wants to get a couple of those deep balls back where he had guys open, uh, but that's just going to come in time. You know, he's got to learn to take a little bit off the ball when he, when he's going deep like that because he's got a can i mean he can throw like 70 plus yards um he's just gotta gotta get a little bit better at, at, at adding some touch to it uh and, and that'll be fine but i thought i thought it was a, a big time game for him you know playing in his home state um in front of his family first start on the road uh and and he got the w and that's all that matters yeah that was that was big i totally i forgot that yeah he's a georgia kid so having a lot of friends and family there uh, it's kind of nerve-wracking, but I'm sure he was excited about it too, so it's kind of cool. And by the way, he did mention on, on the interview after the game that uh, flat-footed, he can throw the ball about 69 yards, he said. So that he, he's got a cannon. He's just got to figure some things out. He's got he's to clean up his accuracy and his touch, and, and that's fine. That's going to come with, with more experience and more game, you know, more game time. So um, I, I kind of want to piggyback off of that and go to you, Blue, real quick on this. You know, Max mentioned the offensive line play hasn't been great, right, this whole season. And they looked a lot better this this past weekend. However, could could the fact that Jakari Brown being that, you know, dual threat quarterback have anything to do with the success of the running game as well, right? Because we saw we had a pretty good running game, not only from Jakari, but Rooster came back, had a bounce back game. Really happy for the kid, right? Rushed, rushed the ball really well. Um could that affect how the defense, you know, uh, d defends the run when they have to worry about Jakari Brown holding it, pulling it, 
and and running for it as well. Could that have caused not caused, but right? Could that have affected the the efficacy of the running game? I think it did, obviously, and then certainly when you take a look at Brown, you know, uh, I'll piggyback off what Max said. Um, when you get two reps, three reps a game, you get no flow. I mean, you really don't. I mean, it's just no pun intended, to, by the way. No pun. Yeah, intended. no, no pun. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> but uh, you, you really don't get into the to the mix of the game, and I think the very fact that he took, you know where we didn't know, obviously, because they, you know, how they are in keeping secrets. He, from what I found out, he just took 95% of the snaps with the ones <clears throat> during a week. So he was the guy all the way. And it, that makes a huge difference. Um, it was his ship. And uh, to answer your question, yeah, I think it did. Um, you know, I mean, obviously the competition was a little bit different than what they're going to face this week. But at the same time, it gave him confidence to at least try things this week against Clemson uh, because of the fact that he had that <clears throat> he had that baptism under fire. He had an opportunity to play college football from the start uh, to the finish in a game. And I think that the kids or, you know, I think the team rallied around him. I mean, if you look, I mean, you know, I mean, he he's one of those guys. He reminds me. uh you know, those quarterbacks who are so into the game, if you notice he, when Rooster ran the ball or when someone caught it, he ran down there to congratulate him. And there's not a lot of quarterbacks like that. I mean, not anymore. I mean, and it just shows you how much he's into the game and, and especially, you know, when he credited the offensive line, he didn't even, you know, when they were trying to credit him and he goes, no, that offensive line did, you know, he says I was barely touched sometimes. So Yeah. It, it, but it makes a difference, guys, when you have some confidence and you don't gain confidence going in for a wildcat and then coming out and then somebody gets hurt and then you go in there and you're asked to throw a couple of balls. I mean, you just don't get in their flow. So I think over the next couple of weeks, we're going to see a kid uh, that is going to gain confidence, win, lose, or draw this week. Um, you know, I mean, he, moving forward, he's the guy. I think he's the guy. And I told you last week, Jazz, you know, and it, it, when we met here, and everyone's talking about this. I says, they just need to start him the rest of the way. Yeah. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, and buts because whether they go to a bowl or not is irrelevant. It really is irrelevant. It's just because you're not building for this year. You're building for the future. And he he looks like he is the future. Yeah, I agree. Vish, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I thought, the I thought you know, echoing what everyone else said, I think the one thing that jumped out to me, um, I was there, is um, – like you, I don't know if this came across on TV or if they talked about it, but it yeah. was really windy. He was so effortless just tossing the ball all over the place and not being affected by it. And Georgia Tech's quarterbacks were that interception Tyreek got. That was wide open. The wind just knocked the ball down. Um, and he threw the ball through the wind without issue. His arm talent is ridiculous when you see it in person. Like, he's not even really stepping into these throws, and they're coming out like missiles. And, and as Max said, he's got to work on some of that accuracy and kind of calibrating it essentially. But the the talent is off the charts in terms of how easy he gets the ball out. And it's quick, too. He doesn't have a big windup. All of that came into play here because he's a run-pass threat. So when he makes that decision to get the ball out, it goes. And that's a huge change from our other quarterbacks that that, that you know, are a little bit more deliberate. He's very decisive. Um 
I also thought, and, and I know this might upset people, I thought the game plan was excellent in that we leaned on the running game, we protected him, he threw from positive situations. It's actually what we tried to do at Virginia, and we couldn't hit the throws. But we got into second and medium, second and short, and threw from those positions, and he was excellent. His play fakes were good. The fact that he's such a threat to run just freezes the linebackers automatically on every play, basically, because they got to worry about that. But his decision-making was what impressed me the most, actually. The talent's obvious. Like, when you see the kid play, he's quick, he's big, he can see over the, the line. His, he's got a cannon. But to me, it was it was the, the maturity and the decision-making. Like, he looked completely unfazed by anything that was happening. And and that's a great sign. He looked like a natural quarterback. Yeah, Like, he just looked like he fit. The pocket presence, the way he maneuvered himself around. Um throw on the run, no problems. Like, I, I think he's got a full package there, and it was impressive to see. And I think you could finally see, and again, this is where the opponent really comes into play, because Georgia Tech has the worst run defense in the conference, and it showed. But once we got the running game going, all of a sudden, everything else worked. And that is the goal of this offense, whether you like the style or not. The goal is to run the ball to set everything else up, and when we're able to run it, and hats off to Jalen Knighton, who was awesome, from like the first snap, the whole game, just running through tackles, hitting the hole hard. All the stuff we saw last year that we hadn't seen this year was on full display. And once that stuff happened, whole offense opened up, and and he he was excellent. I thought they were in a rhythm. I will say, as Gary pointed out in the chat, it was cold. That cold front came through in the middle of the game, um, and that really affected, I think, both offenses in the middle part of the game because that wind was coming in hard, and you couldn't throw the ball. And well, you saw think... that, right? You saw it in the third quarter. It was kind of, it was a little different. The game plan kind of went went to yeah, the ground I, a lot, right? They ran, they ran with with Jakari a lot. Yeah, and I think both teams kind of had to do that because I, it's hard to articulate. Gary obviously talked about it as well with the win. Like it was hard to throw in that condition, just because like we're actually sitting there. Like when the game started, it was like seventy degrees. By the end of it, it was forty five. That thing just pushed through. And it was gusting, and and finally Georgia Tech made the big mistake of trying a trick play and threw the interception. But it was a lot of like we can't throw in this stuff, um, which I do think impacted. And Knighton getting hurt, he missed most of the third quarter. I think is what bogged our offense down. It shows, you know, how important it is to have your running back talent playing at the highest level it can because he changed the way we run the football when he runs like that. Because it's not just hitting the hole; he can explode, he can go the distance with it. And that changed the whole offense. And he was running with attitude. Yeah. He was throwing his shoulder into people who's finishing runs off. And it's a whole different offense when he runs the ball like that. I was I was so happy to see him play like that after kind of he struggled all year. DJ, real quick on on look, I think the the not only did they have to respect the run out with him, but the fact that he can break tackles, the fact that he was as fast as he was, right? I mean, that was that was a big issue going into the game was he going to be able to you know to to produce with his legs and dj your thoughts on on just the play of, of jakari overall well i think when you look at good programs they know how to develop players and you know jakari brown he got a little bit of action i should say a lot of bit of action against florida state but he didn't really have the statistics to necessarily show it you know he had 36 passing yards he was thrust into a difficult situation all night Florida State had had Miami's number that game. This game, he looked a lot more comfortable. He he was efficient, 14 of 19. And to me, what really stood out was the zero interceptions. He did a good job of just letting the game come to him and making things 
happen with his legs. He's really fun to watch, and I think he fits the modern game of college football very well. I'll be interested to see what his you know trajectory is for the rest of the season, and you know how many more starts he gets. Because I still don't think we have a definitive answer on Tyler Van Dyke yet either, do we? Uh, no, no, I, I don't, I don't know. But at the at the same time, Jesus, why, why, why you know, <laughs> Black, we love you, Black, but uh, we're not going to show that, all right? We're not going to show it on this on this show. Go all Yankees. Right? The what's up, fellas? Part we, we will, but not the go Yankees part. All right. Um, let's love I feel, like to I feel like there's some some host bias coming into play here. Damn right there is. <laughs> Absolutely no Yankees on this show. Whatsoever. Yeah, you see, we got two yeah. Red Sox on this show. Now you now you now you goaded me into it because now we, it's going up. We got two Red Sox on this show. So to to what you're you're a Padres fan, Max? Stop it. I'm a Yankee. What are you talking about? I'm a Yankees fan. I, I, don't don't I, make I, me send a link to Black. We'll have two on two. Everybody's a Yankees fan because it's easy to. Be a Yankee fan. I don't even uh, care either way, but you protested so much, Jazz. I had to show it. Of course, shocker <laughs> there, shocker there. Anyways, getting back to the the um, the topic at hand, we'll kind of move forward with this real quick. I just there was something that someone mentioned earlier. Uh, I think it was yesterday or right after the game, and I, you know, the whole misconception that they think that this this type of play calling that Josh Gaddis has, the type of game that he has to call with Jakari Brown is going to hinder the development and of the wide receivers, the tight ends, the running backs, as far as them, you know, kind of developing into in, into you know this you know these big time receivers, these big time tight ends, because he's not just slinging the ball around everywhere. Now we got now we've got everybody chiming in on the uh, on the. Uh, I'm an equal opportunity. The, the AL not, East here. not really caring. So is this an AL East show? What's going on here? What the hell's going on here? Um, uh, so, do you think do you think that that's that's accurate? Because I don't think so, right? I think that look, this was the first game that they had him as a starting quarterback. Now this offense is going to open up a little bit more. They see that he's able to command this offense. They see what he's able to do with his legs, throwing the ball a little bit, right? Yeah, he does have to work on some things. But do you think that this is going to hunt, uh, excuse me, hinder the the development, the productivity of of those wide receivers and tight ends, and you know the, the skill positions, Max? Not at all, because most of the successful teams in college football run a very similar type of offense. I mean, it hasn't hindered any receivers at Georgia. It hasn't hindered any receivers at Alabama. It hasn't hindered any receivers at Michigan. I mean, Gattis sent multiple Michigan guys to the league, and guess what? Uh, There was just an article that came out that Ronnie Bell is going to probably be leaving. He's already accepted a senior bowl invite, and he's going to be gone, and they're still running Gattis' offense at Michigan, the guy that took over was was one of Gaddis's proteges that was that was learning the offense under him. So, um, you know, I don't think it hinders it at all. In fact, I think it it, it almost benefits because you have guys like Brevin Jordan who came out last week and said Lashley's offense prepared him for nothing in the NFL because nobody in the NFL runs a, a air raid. Right. Yeah, it's true. There's That's there's true. one there's one coach one coach that does and he's about to get fired probably Cliff Kingsbury, it it took the NFL one season to figure out how to stop him. And we we we've all noticed that right we've all noticed it look at look at what you know uh, and, and it's not to not to take away from Tennessee because they're having a great season but when a when a top defense like UGA gets a hold of them you, you saw what they did to them a couple weeks ago so it's um, also the the reason that the top is, Max has hit the nail on the head the top teams do run. 
whether or not you like the style we're running, that is what teams win championships with. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and there's a reason for that, too. It's not just that, just to your point, that when you get one dimensional, good defenses can take one thing away. It's also that when you play like that, even when it's going well, you're hanging your defense out to dry. Like, uh-huh. even when your, your, your tempo's working, if you score every, like, two minutes, that's better than what we've been doing, which is three games with no touchdowns, right? <laughs> Obviously, that's not what I'm saying, but but it does put your defense in the position of having to play a lot. And right. even when, uh, Max mentioned there, right, even at, like, the height of Mike Leach's, like, best teams, the defense would always be a problem. Just And not because they weren't necessarily even good at defense. Just you can't be on the field 40 minutes. Yeah. Right. And it's just and that that's what that offense does. So I understand what they're trying to do here. And in terms of like developing the receivers and all, they'll they'll get that development anyway. Like this is what as Max said, this is what they run in the pros too. Yep. And I think that the big thing is if you're running the ball like this, you think Bama like is running for eight, nine yards of carry is like, well, we gotta get the receivers some work. No, they're gonna keep yeah. running it down everyone's throat. Like that's, Hell yeah. ideally we don't have to air it out, right? You don't want to get into third and long and all this. We're having to wing it all over the place. And we did a good job of avoiding that because we we're running it well. Had they shut the run game down, we at and we had to chase the game, we absolutely would have thrown more. We didn't need to. Let me ask you, let me ask you this question, uh Blue, kind of flipping the script a little bit here, um, and going from offense to defense, right? Um Defense. Look, at the end of the day, a lot of people are like, "Well, it's it's a it's a you know it's a it's a not so great Georgia Tech team. They're playing their second and third string quarterbacks as well. They're not very good. Yada yada yada." But we've all seen that if your offense is not clicking, if you're not scoring points, if you're not uh, holding the ball and driving the ball down and clock management and blah and winning the you know winning that game, you, doesn't matter, right? If your defense is out there for long periods. At a time, they're they're bound to give up some plays. They're bound to give up some scores. You didn't see that this week, right? You obviously saw time of possession was was a big thing for Miami. They they drove the ball down. I think the first drive was the first touchdown was six minutes long. Uh, the second touchdown was over seven minutes long. The the drives. So you saw them hold on to the ball, give the defense the opportunity to pin their ears back and kind of you know and, and kind of go after Georgia Tech a little bit. Talk to me about how you saw the play of the defense. Are you happy with the way that they played? Are you taking it with a grain of salt because it was Georgia Tech? Do you did you like what you see, what you saw, excuse me? And were there any players that kind of stood out to you as well, Blue? Well, you're not gonna change things in a week. I mean, he got crushed last week. I mean, humiliated against FSU. Prior games they've gotten the same. And this week they're gonna it's gonna happen again to them. I mean, it's just the level of competition. But the very fact uh, that they performed extremely well, you know, I don't care who it was, but at least it gives everybody confidence. Confidence shows the coaching staff that, excuse me, with some work and with some additions, we're going to be pretty good. I mean, you can't expect this thing to turn around in a week. I mean, it's just not. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy that'll, you know, give the hurricanes every freaking break in the world, but. And we all know what's going to happen this week. I mean, you're, you're playing a nationally rated team who's better than anybody you've played so far. Um, so the very fact is that you look at last week and you're, you're happy for what happened uh, because you know that a lot of these guys, and we said this early on, and I took so much heat in the class when I said that Cam Kitchens was better than James Williams uh, as a safety. And, oh, you don't know what you're saying, but he's a better football player. 
Uh, James has all the the tools. He's just not as good a football player as Cam. But you're going to have guys like that. You're going to have guys like that coming back, and hopefully, you know, you gear up for the future. And that's why I said these last three games weren't important to me from the standpoint of wins and losses. It's all about development. But it feels good to win. Um, and it's going to feel good to develop. And I, like I said, I can't wait to see what the spring brings. You're going to get some new faces in there. You're going to lose a lot of the guys that you have because they're just not Miami. That's not what Miami has in the future. But to answer your question, I was happy to see some development. And you got to develop where, you know, you open up against the Bethune-Cookman of Southern Mississippi and you see, you know, what could be, but then reality kind of starts sinking in. Uh, but to be honest with you, I just, I liked what I saw, but I'm not going to hold this as, oh, we're going to crush Clemson and Pittsburgh. What? Yeah, no, I'm just, kidding. You, get, <laughs> you get these fans that are out there right now. Oh, Clemson better watch out. <clears throat> uh, you know what? Uh, the reality of it is this, um, to answer your question and I will answer it. I thought that they did a tremendous job. Uh, they did everything that they could. Their front seven, Wesley Bassane, who's your future, played well. Uh, your secondary played well. You you stopped the run when you had to do it. Um, but um, but I think that the future with the additions of this next class and then the next class after that, with some transfer portal kids, we're gonna be we're gonna be looking because you know that the coaching's there. You, and I, I have an argument with people all the time. Oh, they, this coaching staff, this coaching staff is what? Give them something to work with and you'll see what you, how good they are. And I think they're extremely good. You just, the guy runs a five flat and the guy runs a four, two, seven, who's going to win all the time. It's just Miami's got a lot of those five flat guys when they play really, really good teams, but it's going to all even out. And, and like it, when somebody asked Mario the question last week, were you upset with Florida state throwing? you know, up 37 or whatever they were. And he goes, no, the shoe's going to be on the other foot someday. And that's the way I believe it. Yeah, I hear you on that. Um, By the way, shout out to Cam Kitchens, right? He's the best player. I cannot believe it took us half an hour to mention his name. What what are we doing? What is life? Yeah, well, we we got to – you know, everybody wants to talk about offense, right? So we're talking about the offense first, man. Shout out to Cam. I mean – Three interceptions of six. six. He was all I was honestly thinking the same thing, Vish. He made made like a bazillion tackles. He was flying around everywhere. (laughs) He he got enough publicity. He came off Flo's show last night. Yeah. He got got enough publicity. That's a problem. You guys don't know (laughs) these things. You guys don't know these things, all right? I was there. I saw him on the show. Uh, No, but – All I'm saying is half an hour in before we mentioned – Shout out to Cam. Kitchens, Thank you. Man. Best right, safety, right. best safety in the country. Let's go, baby. Let's go. By the way, um, not 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 only is he, I I honestly think he's one of the top safeties in the country for sure. Oh yeah. Um, I think he's up there. Uh, he leads he leads the country in interceptions right now. So, um, that's that's freaking huge. Um, but also you mentioned the blue, uh, Wesley Bassaint. I mean, I saw. I saw a uh, – I don't know who posted it, Max. Maybe you saw it or maybe one of you guys saw it, but that he is the second highest ranked, uh, I think, freshman linebacker in the country right now behind nice. behind an absolute – I mean, I mean Harold, Perkins. Harold Perkins, you know. <laughs> Harold Perkins might be the best player in college football on defense right now. So, uh, But, uh, yeah, I mean, ranked the second highest, you know, freshman linebacker in the country right now. He's barely – let's put it this way. He's barely played. Harold Perkins has started the whole entire right. season, right? So you're talking about a, another kid um, 
that is just going to be absolute. And, and you mentioned it, Blue. Like, give give Charlie Strong, give Coach Steele, give these guys the players to play with. And they're going right. to show you what they can do with them, right? And regardless of whether it was Georgia Tech, because he's played like that against FSU. He played like that against other teams, right? Wesley Bassain, Cam Kitchens, those guys are the real deal no matter who no they play. So, um, you know, really and, excited to see that. And, you know, I was going to say is Mario paid him the most highest, highest compliment you could pay, especially coming from Mario when he said, you know, there's days that I'm in this building by myself or I think I'm by myself, and then I hear – film running this and that and he looks at his cam kitchens he says how dare somebody be here more than i am and uh <laughs> and i'll tell you that that i think that tells a lot you know right there that here's your head coach uh singling out a guy for putting in more work than anybody and uh you just don't become good you know you have to work at it hard and uh, uh no doubt that uh and i agree with you uh, jazz that uh by the time two years rolls around, he's going to be his name is going to be called pretty early in that NFL draft. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, and it's funny you mentioned that blue. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll kind of move on after this, but uh, he was on he was on Flow Show yesterday too, and uh, this is exactly what they were talking about because they interrupted his. He was actually playing video games, right? It's like shocker that there's a a twenty year old kid, a nineteen year old kid playing video games at night. Um, as opposed to you know doing doing what a what a forty year old but no these kids these guys are kids you know they're kids they're nineteen yeah. twenty years well, it's old better than but, him being out at the club a hundred percent hundred percent but then it's also exciting to hear that it's a it, it actually is surprising because he's always in the film room he's always studying <clears throat> you just mentioned that blue and you know flow and and you guys mentioned that yesterday as well he's a, he's a he's a he's a film junkie right that that's what he and that's why he is playing the way he's playing. And eventually, other players will start to follow suit because this a guy like Cam is going to be able to come in and get in people's ears and get in people's faces. I'm sure he's already doing it, but um, you, you're gonna learn today. And, and Cam's Cam's the one that's gonna be able to uh, to kind of lead that defense as well. So really excited about those two, about him and West and some of the other guys there. Um, Kind of moving forward, you mentioned something blue, and, and I kind of wanted to talk about this. You know, Max and, and DJ and, and Vish. I mean, Max and DJ probably um, um, know a little bit about this also. But you know, there's going to be a lot of movement in the off season on this team. Okay, uh, there's going to be a lot of changes, um, and it's it's interesting to see what Miami is doing. Look. It's no secret, so I'm going to put it out there. Seven McGee was on campus today, right? That's not a secret, so that's not some, that's something I'm going to put put out there. Um, and you guys mentioned that Max, and it's funny because I wanted to talk about this on the show today. But the fact that some of the players that are on the team now, some of the guys that are bought in, are actively recruiting some other people, right? That are potentially going to go into the portal, are in the portal now, like Seven McGee. How how big is it? And I'll start with you, Max. I'll go to DJ, and then we'll go around with uh, with Vision Blue also. But um, how big is it of of a piece of the recruiting puzzle, right? That some you know some of these players that are on the team now are actively recruiting other players and and potentially 
you know, looking at some of the guys that are, you know, because obviously boy, they, they're boys. People chat, right? They talk to each other, whether they're on the same team or not. Somebody could be in another team and they're going to chat. They're going to be like, yo, I got to get out of here. Yo, I'm down. What's the deal? How big of that is, how big a part of recruiting is that for next year coming down the road, whether it's high school or transfer portal kids? Yeah, I mean, I think it's massive. Um, you look at all pro sports, they're doing it. They're they're having conversations in the middle of games like, hey, let's team up, all that kind of stuff. So I, I think it is huge. Um, and, and just to talk a little bit about like this overhaul um, that, that Larry was kind of talking about, I think we're going to have at least 40 new faces on the team next year. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm talking around 30 guys in the high school ranks and 10 plus maybe even 15 transfers i mean i think mario is going to try and flip this roster as fast as we can because unfortunately the the talent um not necessarily the talent isn't there but the right people aren't in on the team um and i actually wanted to ask you a question blue because this was this was sent to me and I want to know your, your opinion on it. How many guys on our current team right now do you think could have started at Oregon last year? Oh, on the current team now? Yeah. Not a whole lot. Jeez. Um, Maybe a kicker. Maybe a ex excluding, spe excluding special teams. Well, nobody on offensive line. Uh, <laughs> No, Maybe no. Mesador or one of those guys. What about Cam? Yeah, I will say, I, if you're talking about Cam, well, if you're talking about last year's team, probably our quarterbacks. They were. Yeah, oh, oh, oh yeah, you're talking year. about last year's or the kids that we have now in play. So our current team on Oregon's last year's team. Oh, okay. I think our core, Ty, Tyler Van Dyke. If you assume he's healthy, but even you would have taken Jakari Brown over. Yeah, well, Tyler Anthony definitely. Brown, or the Brown they had last year he was terrible. Uh, like, I think no, none of the receivers, although Caleb, but he hasn't really, you know, proven. No, I don't think many. Uh, why? Why yeah. are you asking that question? Well, just because it, it speaks to the to the the volume of how big of a rebuild it is. You know, you have you have our fan base saying, "Oh, this isn't this shouldn't have been a rebuild. We shouldn't have been blah 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 blah." What? And then, and then you look at how many players would have started at Oregon last year, and I think I can name four, and that's it. I mean, you got you got you got Tyler Van Dyke. Yeah. You've got Daryl Jackson at defensive tackle. You got Akeem Messador and Cam Kitchens. That's it. Yeah. The, the other thing I'd say is maybe yeah. Tyler Stevenson. Fair. Maybe Tyler Stevenson. Their corners got drafted. Yeah, their, yeah, their no corners way. were pretty good. You're right. But but I think the other thing is, <clears throat> look, we fired the coach, obviously, which should tell you straight away there's a problem, right? right. But think about how deep the rot is when we fired the athletic director too. No, yeah, and it, it was this is not like a that. trivial it thing. Was even more than that, right? Yeah, it was everybody I mean, in that administration. Yeah, this everybody. is this was not like a trivial like uh, borderline quick rebuild situation. When you start firing the athletic director, stuff is really bad. Yeah, cool. it's a full overhaul. Yeah, so uh, so like I, I, and that understand. plays into how the team performs. Believe it or not, that plays into everything. Well, it's it's your it's your culture of your entire athletic department when you fire the athletic director that you think is broken. Right. So it's not it's not just it's not just you know the, on the football side it'll permeate the football as well. And I understand the frustration from the fans because it's been twenty years since we've been good, but they pulled the plug like they're literally like we got to reset. Resets are painful. Yeah, I, it was necessary though, 
because of where we were and what we were doing. But this is the painful part. But yeah, we're not, if you thought it was just going to be snap your fingers, we're going to. It's just it's not there. You don't fire the athletic director. <laughs> like sure. I, I can't tell you how like how big of a deal that is. Like people, that just does not happen unless it's really bad. So so let's ask this question because Max Max asked Max Max asked that question right. DJ, how many players do you think? Uh, how, I won't I won't get into the whole entire thing, but how many players do you think are leave or will leave this program? Uh, if you had to guess, how many players do you think are gone? Uh, transfer portal wise altogether give me a number hmm that's a tough one because i feel like would 15 be too low that's a number pick, i would think pick, pick a number and probably add 10 to it <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah. i would say 15 yeah I, I was thinking 15 to 17 guys so you know uh, you guys are shooting short man Yes. Well, I mean, listen, I wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me if it's more for sure. And you know what I think is the biggest thing that a lot of people don't realize? You know, a lot of people are going to get pissed off, right? The, the, the typical Miami Hurricane fan are going to get pissed off at. They're going to see some of their boys that they love on this team. that are not going to be there anymore. They're going to go. They're gone. And, and, and it might hurt initially. You're going to be like, how the hell is this kid transferring? Why? Oh, no, we're going to be terrible. Hey, you don't know. You don't know. What what uh, what Mario is doing? Okay, you guys don't understand what he's doing. Larry, you understand. Blue, you you, you know what's going on, right? You yeah. talk to him, and and you're probably going to talk to him soon again. You know, um, and and of course, there's already players that the writing is on the wall for them on this program now that are going to leave, right? We already know who they are. We don't even have to mention them, and we know who they are. But then there's guys like I, I keep saying Seven McGee because look, he's obviously an Oregon kid. He's exciting. He's electric. He kind of reminds you of, you know, the that guy, that Swiss Army knife, that can kind of do it all, DeAnthony Thomas type of guy that played at Oregon a couple, you know, a few years back. But he obviously entered the transfer portal. Then yesterday it was reported that he was down here, but it had nothing to do with Miami. He was just down here working out. Okay, it had nothing to do with Miami. But then today he posts a picture he's on campus. No, there, 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 was, there was another reason that he was here. Yeah, that wasn't Miami related. Yes. Okay. He came to see the Cavender twins. <laughs> Probably, but that's. <laughs> when do they have a game? They got a game oh, tonight or what? Oh man, I don't know. I was. Can we talk about why else or or not? Really? Uh, no. Maybe. No. Okay. It's it's not it's not University of Miami related whatsoever though. Gotcha. Gotcha. But anyways, he's here, right? He was on campus today. What, is that, what does that tell you, Max? What does that tell you? I mean... That he wanted to check the campus out. I mean, he's never he, been to campus. He said it himself. Um, you know, obviously, I don't believe that our staff could have any sort of contact with him because right. the, the portal's not open. So I, I, I doubt Mario even got to see him at all. Um, he right. probably just went on a self-guided tour. And, uh, you know, to me... You just stack talent. I mean, he's a kid. Can players announce though that they're transferring to another program? Yeah, no, he's he's no, he's you can't. None of that can happen right now. So, um, you know, he's in the portal, but he's not really in the portal because you can't be in the portal technically. Right. Um, There's there's like this highlight video of him on YouTube, and the first like minute and a half is him giving like a a pregame pump up speech to his team, and I'm like, those are the type of guys that Mario wants, and it makes sense as the why. Mario wanted him. 
speak, right. just hearing him talk like that. But yeah, I mean, D'Anthony Thomas makes a lot of sense. He's elite out of the backfield as a pass catcher. So elite that he was literally playing receiver for Oregon this year. Um, so that would add a huge element to, to the running game. Um, well, to the passing game uh, from a running back perspective. But anytime you can stack talent on the roster, you never know who's going to get hurt. You never know who's going to develop. You know, you have two guys similar to that that are coming in and, and Ray Ray um, and Robbie. And then obviously you have a guy like Rashard Smith who fills a similar role, but he's more of a, of a running back first. Right. Um, but you just don't know how they're going to develop and who's going to get hurt. So I'm, I'm all aboard. If he did want to come to Miami and our, our coaching staff wanted him, it would make a lot of sense um, just because you always want to stack talent. Absolutely. Yeah, just don't let him near the equipment room because uh, is all you got is five sets of uniforms. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know Mario doesn't care about that stuff, right? That's like yeah. the least of his worries. Like we all thought we were going to be in the blackout uniforms against FSU. He's like, nah, we're wearing traditional colors, right? Well, now we got we, the we got the, we got the pink game. game. With, yeah, we got it's, pick, got. it's gotta be right. They gotta, gotta wear at least once. Like we've gotta wear the, the black uniforms there. So, um, um, listen. <laughs> Gotcha. Real quick, quick, quick subject change. We got, we got, we got to, we got to make fun of of uh, Florida's basketball team real quick because they lost to FAU for the first time in school history. So we, we, we gotta, we gotta have fun with that. Well, of course, and, and didn't so, FSU lose last week as well? FSU also, I forget who they lost to. Some they took a bad oh, they loss lost to uh, uh, Stetson Cologne. That's right. Yeah, Stetson, there yeah. it is. There and it also, is, so. uh, and also UCF. They did back to back UCF as well. Yeah. You're right. So yeah. apparently UCF is pretty good. They got that guy from Duke over there, uh, one of their assistant but coaches. Don't, don't make but excuses anyways. for FSU. But anyways, no. no I'm not, I'm <laughs> anyway, not that was it. Um, uh, I just uh, interrupted uh, the show for for important announcement. Yeah. That's all right. Uh, DJ Blue, <laughs> Max, I want to get your thoughts. Vish doesn't really care for this, but it's okay. Uh, Daniel Harris, decommitment, five-star cornerback from Georgia, just decommitted uh, today. Um, is he a guy that should be on the radar for Miami? I know we say, I say should, and it's like, hello, he's a five-star cornerback. Is he a guy that um, opened up his decommitment for a specific reason? Is he going somewhere else, or is he just opening it up to kind of get recruited again by other teams? Do you, you guys have any any ideas or, or how – or do you guys like Daniel Harris as a player? Let's just put it that way. Any, uh, any of you can kind of chime in first on that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I don't think he's a five-star – he might be a, a high four star, but, um, you know, I, I, I think we have other options um, that I that I would prefer over him. Um, he's a really talented player, but there's some guys that I personally have higher on the board. I know he's talking to Penn State. Uh, he's talking to maybe Ohio State and, and, and one other school a lot. Um, but I mean, it, it could be something to monitor. Uh, if it is, it's something that the staff is, is doing behind the scenes. Right. Um, but yeah, it says Ohio state, Michigan and Penn state are the ones that are, you know, heavily pursuing him right now, but you know, it, big names. <laughs> he's, he's yep. a local kid. Um, there was some rumors about his brother, maybe transferring back home this off season. Obviously that didn't happen. Um, so I don't know. Uh, but uh, I'm not going to say it's not it's not a possibility. Yeah, I, I watched him the other night, and he got eaten up pretty good. So I, he's nowhere near a five, four or five star. He's yeah. he's okay. He's just long and tall, and yeah, maybe a, that's why he decommitted from Georgia because they saw him play last. Yeah, week. They, well, Andy <laughs> Jean was eating him up the other night. So that uh, and the freshman that Northwestern has, who's going to probably be better than all of them. 
uh, they all ate him up, and then he got in a fight, and yeah, he temperament-wise is not what, what these schools looking for, and you're probably a billion times right because someone must have shown him the film of the game, and yeah, he's good-looking kid, no doubt, Me, you know, passing the eye he's, test. He's a big yeah. kid. He's like 6'3", yeah. 190. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. really talk. Yeah. I, looks, looks, like every, looks like DJ Ivy, looks like DJ Ivy like that. He's a little bit, yeah. He, he's a little, he's thinnish, but he's gonna definitely get bigger. He just has to keep his his head about himself. Uh, and Andy Jean um, is an elite kid. He's I watched him the other night. He's healthy now. Florida got a a kid that could be really really good. I wish Miami would have pursued a little bit harder because I don't. I think that he was talked down because he was hurt. <clears throat> but I watched him the other night, and he's the deal. Um. Max, uh, we'll finish with this one. We'll get you out of here, man. And we do appreciate you coming on. You stayed, you stayed uh, longer than I'm sure that you you wanted to. So uh, I appreciate it. No, it. I'm, I'm chilling, man. But uh, the last guy I kind of want to talk about really quick is, you know, Malik Bryant. I think people need to understand. People need to read before they react, uh, because obviously, you know, um, good friend of the program, Gabby, Gabby Arudia posted a. Uh, uh, a write-up he did on Malik. Why are you guys laughing over there, huh? Why are you guys mm-hmm. laughing up there? Um, about Malik, <laughs> what he knows about the situation with Malik Bryant, and everybody started freaking out right off the bat. Oh, he's flirting with UF, and oh, he's doing this, and oh, he's doing that. But um, when actually, when in reality, I think that um, it was just him saying that he he's pretty locked into Miami, right? I mean. I, I didn't read the article, so I'm not going to speculate on one way or the other. I don't know. DJ, were you able to read anything up on, on Malik Bryant? I wasn't just because I was on the VIP article. So, oh, I unfortunately don't have. I don't Do have we have anything VIP. to worry about, Max, with Malik Bryant? <clears throat> Listen, in this day and age, you never know. In this day and age, nobody's locked in, uh, unfortunately. Yep. I, I think there there needs to be some, some changes um, into how the recruiting world works in college football. I think it's, it's pretty bad right now um, because a commitment doesn't mean anything at at this point. Uh, But I would say, I feel very confident that, that he remains a cane uh, just knowing who his mentor is, who he's close with and what's been his favorite team growing up uh, and the relationship he's built with the staff. So, I, I I wouldn't be shocked if he decommitted, but I don't see it happening right now. Um, some other big names that are out there that uh, I know Samuel and Pemba just uh, released his top four. I know Miami's in it, Georgia as well. I think Florida and I can't remember who else. I think it's maybe Bama or Ohio State or something like that, right? Um, that's a kid to watch for, although I don't think he's going to – he's coming to Miami. I think he's pretty much – Locked in with some of the uh, some of those SEC schools, but you never know; it could happen. It's uh, uh, it's still a possibility because he does like Miami a little bit. And then Sam, Sam Samson Okunlola, who did he finally release his top five or whatever the hell he was gonna do with with Hayes? No, right? He no. Didn't. So that was uh, so Hayes hinted that a five star was gonna make an announcement today, but the five star right. that made the announcement was in Pemba. So oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, Samson just said he has something soon, which he said like four times at this point. So <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna be a top ninety-seven, if it's gonna be a top three, or a top ninety-seven. But, uh, you know, he's a bit. He's a he's a good businessman. Yeah, uh, he's he is. doing a lot to build his brand right now. So uh, I'm not sure when and what he's planning, but. Uh, I would definitely keep an eye out on that. 
Max, before we let you go, any um, any, <laughs> any chance we have against Clemson? Well, I said on the f- show last night, um, I would I, I say maybe a twenty percent chance, just because I I know they have more talent than us, and um, I just think it's their offense doesn't scare me. Um, I think if if we keep it a low scoring game, uh, we have an opportunity. Uh, it, it's going to be probably a little bit challenging for them to to stop Jakari. Um, and, and they're just, they're not very good on offense. So it's not a high, high percentage chance, but Jakari's just a gamer, man. I mean, you watch him in high school. He just, he shows up at games and, um, you know, what are they going to do? Are they going to try and blitz him? And if so, that, I think that's a mistake. He's just going to run all over them. Are they going to drop eight in coverage and force them to throw? Um, you know, what are they going to do? Uh, but not a high chance, but it's it's possible. I mean, it's college football. We've seen we've we've seen way crazier upsets. So. Yep, ain't that the truth? Did you hear him the other night talking about Cam Kitchens? And he said Cam in, even intercepted me in high school. He said, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." When they played he Northwestern, he intercepted a lot of people in high school. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Um, Max, we wish you were down here, man, so you can come to our watch party. We're gonna do a little watch party this weekend after the Alzheimer's walk. We're doing the Alzheimer's walk in the morning. And then we're doing a little watch party over at uh, the Ale House down here. So wish you were down here, bro. Come yeah. hang out with us. I think uh, I think uh, we're doing a watch party up in Orlando area. Actually. Yeah, for Le- I think it's Lex's birthday coming up Lex's soon. Lex's birthday, right? yeah. yeah. So. He was on the he was on the show a little earlier. So shout out to Lex too. But um, yeah, man. Anyways, uh, we appreciate you coming on, my brother, and uh, always welcome, of course. But anytime we win, we might I might text you. That's all, all right. So he might Sounds be on good. next week. Who knows? 20 percent chance i'll be here 20 percent chance um, there you go tuesday nights the miami uh the the maxed out show on tuesday i was gonna say miami flow max why don't you just let him plug it yeah go ahead yeah what the hell hey you What's know the, again, man? yeah it's the maxed out a black show uh i don't know <laughs> if any of you guys have any uh any plugs to martinelli's but a black and i are trying to get the show sponsored by martinelli's Oh, um, I keep that bottle next to me so we can plug it, even though we don't get paid to do it, because um, we need that sponsorship. Uh, but yeah, we go live uh, uh, Tuesdays at 9:30. We've got shows like pretty much every day of the week uh, with with Flow Squad. So uh, check out the website MiamiFlowMedia.com. All of the the show schedules are on there. So uh, yeah, it's 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 a good time. You heard it here first, everybody. Max says Miami's going to beat Clemson. Anyways, um, sure. Thank, thanks for coming on the show, brother. We love you, man. We'll see you of later. course. Take care. Take it easy, guys. All right, see you later, Max. Um, before we get into Clemson, I kind of wanted to. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, Gary. You want to do some uh, some some prize picks? In a second, I wanted to talk about something because <laughs> because I think this is important. I think this is really important. Blue, you're look. I say blue because he is around these people more than all of us combined. So it's hard for me to understand. And, and I know you've been, everybody's been seeing it on Twitter also, is the reactions and the posts and the comments from, you know, uh, players and parents and so on and so forth. To me, 
I think it's it's just it's wrong, right? Number one, it's wrong. Number two, number two, I I don't want to say I empathize with them, but I understand heat of the moment emotions, and you start saying stuff that maybe you want to take back later on, that don't make sense, or whatever the case is. But my thing is, does this tell you how screwed up the culture is of this program right now, Blue? Um, and or and or is it a mix of both right is it a mix of well you know how you know certain parents calling out coaches on twitter and you know kind of telling them throwing shade their way and stuff like that and we don't have to mention names but is is it a problem is it a culture thing for this program or for any program that does that period is it a culture thing for them is it a is it uncalled for is it something where if you if you had a child that was playing a sport, a high school sport or a college sport, I mean, I'm thinking, again, I'm not there, I don't have children, but I'm thinking if my child don't come talk, don't come talk to me. If you're not working hard, you you're not doing something right or whatever the case is, you better go talk to them. I'm not your coach. Right. I'm here I'm here to support you whether you do good or you do bad, but I'm not going to go out there and I'm going because first of all, it's embarrassing for the players. Okay, you embarrass yourself. Okay, and at the same time, it just—it's not a good look for the culture of the team as a whole. I, I, you know, how do you feel about that whole thing? Because you're around—you're around high school sports a lot, right? You've seen it all. Uh, how do you feel about this whole thing? And, and I—and you know, we obviously tread lightly. We don't want to—we're not necessarily, you know, going to throw shade at people. But there, it has to be spoken about because I think that they don't understand the damage they do sometimes. And I want to kind of get your take on that. Well, for that very reason that you bring up, and I'll be honest with you, being around all those guys, they start that stuff as, as far back as youth league. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, they're, you know, they're pointing fingers. You should see some of the posts. If you want to see some really good posts, go to the AYFL or the uh, pop Warners and, you could see that, you know, this coach, he ain't doing this, and he, they're, they're, they're taking it out. So by the time they get to high school, it's norm. And then when they get to college, it's just something that they that they continue to do. And whether it's right or wrong, it's a culture. And uh, you're not going to change it. You could say all you want, you know, Mario or the coaching staff or, you know, some of the people within the any co- high or college uh, team could say, hey, listen, Tell your uncle or your mom to kind of ease off the gas a little bit, you know, yeah. they won't because yeah. it's part of the culture and they want, they feel like they have the right to say this stuff. So you just got to take it. And like That's why bit. half of those people are going to be gone. That's, yeah, line, right? that's yeah. probably a billion percent. Right. And yeah. I, the way I look at it is you got to take, and you got to say, listen, you know what? Like you just said, let's, let's take this stuff with a grain of salt because I mean, if you don't, uh, then it's just, and there's no way you're going to stop it. You right. know, it's like my buddy says, you know, it's like being at a concert and the cops trying to s- stop 50 people from smoking pot. What? You know, it, how are you going to do that? It's just going to be, it's, it's just the culture. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And just got to roll with the punches because it's never going to change. And, and I, you know, that's the way I look at it. So got to, and like you said, they're probably not, a lot of those kids aren't going to be back. And if they do come back, I, you know, individually on an individual basis, I would say, hey, listen, you know, I mean, not good luck for you, not good luck for us, uh, but it's being done everywhere, um, Jazz. I mean, it's not yeah. just here. 
you know, I hear it at a lot, almost every school, you know, I, I heard, uh, you know, you hear it, you heard it at Florida at the beginning of the year, uh, when they had this, uh, like a couple of kids running the ball and they go, what the hell is he doing in there? That kid's bad. And you you know, and a, that's a mother saying that about somebody else. So now you just got to let it roll. Uh, everything will work itself out because I can guarantee it, uh, Alabama and Ohio state and, they're not doing it because they're winning. Winning cures it all. And once Miami starts winning, there's not anything that people complain about. They'll well, find something. Well, this was out, this was after a win. This was after no, I a win. know, but I'm talking about a, I, I, on a I, I, consistent I, I, basis. Right, 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 right. I know what you, you know. Mean. I mean, and, yeah. and I was being nice. You know, I mean, I, I I try to be, you know, I try to be fair. I mean, I could come off as the biggest homer in the world and look for every silver lining, but. You know, coming out of the Florida State game, you know, you had some ifs and ands against Georgia Tech, who beat Duke, who beat you pretty well. Uh, but going into the Clemson game, you, your expectations can't be that high. I mean, you know, because it's just going to revert back to what you did against – you're going to have better athletes on the other side of the ball who are going to force you into doing little different things. But we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But uh, yeah. I didn't want to – you know, I, I, I'm i of the belief that uh, – you got to roll with the punches and let it go. Let it go. You know, DJ, you're actually, you know, you've been a part of a football program as well. um, And you've been around a lot of this as well. How do you feel? Does it affect the players? Does it affect the the culture in the locker room? Does it affect anything outside of football period? Um, You know, it could be player to player, coach to coach, parent to parent, and so on and so forth. Because, you know, at some point, you know, you could be, talking about it and offending another player and another mm-hmm. parent, right? So how, how do you think that dynamic works? Well, I think players and coaches definitely hear it as much as they say they don't. They definitely hear it. Um, you know, I think it's something that you try to gloss over as a program, whether it be a coach or a player. Um, you know, I know that, you know, sometimes, you know, parents try to live you know, their own athletic careers vicariously through their son or daughter. I've seen that a lot where parents think, I don't know, their they're, they're sweet basketball player is going to be the next LeBron James, and they try to, you know, get, get, get him to start or, you know, yell at the coach or write a nasty email or things like that. So there's definitely areas where coaches and players hear that stuff, um, you know, I've never been in a situation where I've seen any personal attacks spill over to other players, but it's, but it's definitely heard and it's definitely noticed no matter how much they try to, you know, keep it under wraps or say they don't hear it. They, they definitely hear it. And, you know, it does make things a little bit awkward sometimes, but, you know, as a coach, you know, all the coaches I've been with, they just try to move forward and focus on the game at hand. And it's, and, 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 you know, sometimes very hard depending on how vocal a certain group or a certain parent is, but that's just part of the game. And you really have to have thick skin, especially if you're a coach. This you got, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a people management issue. Right. And so these are, these are, you know, they just out of high school. A lot of these, I don't call them kids, they're adults, but barely. Right. And, <laughs> what what would have in the past been handled the you know parents have been getting upset for a hundred years so it's not it's not like this is new to that it's just that it's all public now because they right. can without thinking fire something off in 10 seconds that you know 
make an appointment with the coach, try to talk to him on Monday. By then, you probably cold off. You don't do something stupid like that. Right. So it's just, it's just it's the it's the, the the world we're living in. So from a coach's standpoint, you look at the kid, you know, you look at where he's at, and you decide like, what is this worth rehabilitating or not? Right. Um, and you know. <clears throat> Mario will make that call. Like you said, some some of these ones are going to be gone. Some of them probably won't. Um, we didn't bring these kids in, especially like some of the ones that that he recruited, to not play, right? So there was a plan in place. At one point, they liked him. They liked these players, right? So now sometimes it's just a bad fit. They got to move on. But I think it's very easy to knee-jerk and say, you know, oh, this is garbage. Throw them all out. But as a coach, you do have to manage the individual. Every person is different. It's not a one size fits all. So you got to figure out what works. You know, it's, it's no different than when you're drawing a scheme up and they have different talents. Right. You know, you don't run the same thing with different talented, like players with different skills. That's the same thing here. So hopefully he knows the players well and knows this one's gone. Like there's no way we can rehabilitate him. And then maybe another one you're like, look, you might have done the exact same thing, but I know that if I talk to that kid, you know, he'll get it. The light bulb will go on. Right. And then, so, and so it's not going to be a one size fits all thing. And it, management is difficult because people are complicated. Yeah. <laughs> and, no, and, and we always want to make it black and white, but it's never about that. And there's a number of kids that, um, here, here's a great example. One of our best players ever, right? DJ Williams. We got him, five star, got him from California. We knew he was a linebacker. He knew he was a linebacker. He wanted to be on the field. So we put him at fullback for a year, even though there was no way that that was like a career choice for him, but it was he like, actually did really good. That's you know, he played fine there, yeah. but I mean, give me a break. That guy was yeah. always yeah. going to be like a stud linebacker. Of course. First round pick and pro bowler in the NFL as a linebacker. Like, yeah. but you know, that was what he needed to be successful here. Now, if someone else made that, like, I got to get on the field, we would have probably said, no, go like, go, <laughs> go practice. Maybe next year, like with the depth chart, you know, you'll move. So, I think Jimmy Johnson was like the king of this. He's like, no, we don't have, you know, one rule for everyone. Right. It's true. <laughs> Certain players have different rules than other players. Like he cut the backup running back for fumbling. If Emmett Smith fumbled, he wasn't getting cut. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the reality. And that's how, but yeah, that's how to, that's how that's to handle it. It's not, that's not everyone's equal. That's just the reality of it. I, I will say this and I'll finish off here and we'll get kind of get into Clemson for a few minutes. Uh, I mean, we, we know what's up there, but, um, I will say this. I want to finish off with this, and and I, I I don't I don't nothing else needs to be said about this. But if you are a grown ass man, okay, and you are on social media <clears throat> saying derogatory comments to high school kids and college kids and making fun of them, talking bad about them, and throwing shade their way and saying nasty things to them on social media. You are a loser. And I just wanted to say that. Don't be a loser. Be a good human being and go get a life and do something else because social media is not for you. And there's no argument in that. If you are doing that to kids and you are a grown ass man, you are a loser. With that being said, Let's talk about one of our sponsors, prizefix.com. What do you think, Vish? Shall we? Prizefix.com. You can always win on prizefix.com. You're, no all, here. you're always a winner on prizefix.com. <laughs> I like that, DJ. I like that. 
I will say, uh, I don't think you should necessarily put Juan Soto in your lineup right now. <laughs> no. so you might want to update some of their screenshots. <laughs> Please don't do that unless you don't want to be a winner. But even if you do put him in your lineup, you still have chances of you still be a winner with somebody else. So that's good. Um, which means that you can pick, you can mix and match players from different leagues, different sports. Um, and... Uh, and here's the good thing, right? Like, what you pick the two, pick between two and five players, choose the over under on their individual stats, no matter the sport, no matter the league, okay? And then just watch your team win. Make sure you go to pricefix.com when you log in, when you sign up, uh, put in the code five, F I V E, excuse me, the code five, F I V E, and they will match your deposit, your first deposit up to $100. That's pricefix.com. Check them out, log in. Um, put in the code 5 F-I-V-E and they will match your initial deposit up to $100 uh, check them out it's real simple and everybody wins and you're all winners no losers there on prizepick.com baby when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, before we get going, yeah, so it's a 3 p- it's a 3.30 p.m. start against Clemson away another road game but listen my the Miami Hurricanes are road warriors baby they're three and one on the road okay so with that being said I think they might be three and two but you never know okay you never know um this is gonna be a tough one for Miami okay uh if they didn't get up against their rivals who are obviously a talented team right they're they're pretty they're pretty good they're all right uh now you got to go on the road against the top 10 program in Clemson uh, they are reeling a little bit on offense. They're not a great offensive team. Their defense is pretty stout. So it's going to be a battle. It's going to be tough for them to come out of uh, Clemson, South Carolina with a with a W. The thing that does the thing that I like is the fact that look, um, and, and we'll, we'll kind of go around the horn on on your takes and keys uh, to the game and whatnot. But honestly speaking, right right now they've got a quarterback issue. Okay, if it's DJ Uyangalele or if it's Kate Klubnik, uh, we see that if you put enough pressure on both of them, they're going to make mistakes. Uh, and I know Kate Klubnik is a freshman, but we're talking about a team that is struggling to score some points, not giving the ball enough to a guy like Will Shipley. I'm not even sure who their wide receivers are right now. I know Zingata and some other really good wide receivers. However, they are having some issues on offense. Blue, what is your take on this game? Some keys to the game. If Miami ever had a shot to win, what would, how would, how could they come out and uh, get the upset here against Clemson? Well, 
you know, we're going to, we're going to speak on the same thing that uh, I think the vision I said going into uh, the, the Florida state game and you can't turn the ball over. No. You turn the ball over and give them and make mistakes. They're They're going to bury you. I mean, they will. I mean, they just got a better personnel wise. They're just a better football team. Two years from now, I could be saying that the opposite way, but right now they're a better football team. So don't give them the advantage. <clears throat> don't give them, they don't need your help. Okay. They don't need your help. That's the key. Uh, if Miami just plays their game, I don't know if they're going to be able to run. Uh, although Florida state ran for 323 yards on them. <clears throat> I don't know, but I, I think Florida state's offensive line is a little bit more experienced than Miami. Miami just has to, I, I think. Uh, Speaking of Jakari, that, Blue, are you impressed by the play of Anes Cooper? Now he's in the starting rotation. He's a starting. He's a starting guard now. Are you impressed by by how he is? He's done on the offensive. Yeah, court? yeah, yeah. No, no. I just you see the thing. The difference here is depth, yeah. and Miami can't count on one guy. And all of a sudden he goes out, and then the drop off is just unbelievable. But I, my key is is they can't they can't turn the ball over. <laughs> and every time they make a big play, if they look back and see a flag. Because we've seen that before. Yeah. We're here. You come up with a big play. They've got to be aggressive on defense like they were before. Uh, they got to send. They have to have some blitz packages. They got to rattle them because we know as well as anybody. Everybody wants to beat Miami, and you just like you know any game on the road, place is going to be sold out, and they're going to be very vocal uh, because obviously they're, they're looking to have a top five to ten finish at the end of the year. So. Uh, so Miami's just got to go in there and play football. And <clears throat> if they get down, you know, don't don't panic. Just uh, try to get your way back in the game. But Miami's not a come from behind team, right? So they got to kind of get out. But that's my my biggest key. And I and I think Vish and I said that and forgot forgot what game that uh, he and I were doing the pregame show. And I think uh, I said, you know what, Vish, they can't turn the ball over. If they it turn was, the ball. I think over, ironically, we had that discussion for the Duke game. For the Duke game. Yes, yeah, that was it. That was the Duke. <laughs> Eight turnovers <laughs> later. Yeah. yeah. And what they do, they came out and just spilled it right to do. <laughs> eight eight yeah, they turnovers. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, DJ, what are your thoughts on, on this game um, as a whole, just a matchup? And if Miami has, again, if Miami has a shot in the dark to win this game, what do they need to do? Well, it's going to be a good measuring stick for Miami in terms of, you know, I would be taking notes. Okay, we see a program like Clemson. What have they done to get to this point to be a, you know, nationally ranked team? You know, what type of depth do they have? And it's a very complex conversation, but I would definitely be taking mental notes um, if I was the coaching staff, kind of, okay, how did Clemson do this? Or what is Clemson good at that we can do to, you know, continue to build the program? And then I guess as far as, you know, Saturday is concerned, we saw zero interceptions from Brown last Saturday. I would say to not simple, not oversimplify the game plan, but if 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 you're Josh Gaddis, don't draw up anything too crazy. Kind of ease him into things. He only threw for 136 yards, and I don't think that's going to cut it against Clemson. But also, don't make him try to do anything too crazy. Let the game come to him. You know. Let him be that efficient quarterback that he was last Saturday. And, you know, just hope for the best. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a good game to see where Miami kind of, kind of you know, measures up. And um, I'm not expecting a win, but 
I am expecting a relatively good game. Not, I'm not expecting a complete blowout, but I do expect to see maybe a firework or two in terms of you know Miami's offense. What do you think, Vish? I mean, look with with if it's Jakari, although they've been, they've been talking a lot about TVD recently, that if he's healthy, if he if he comes out and he practices a few days, that he's going to be the guy. I don't know if that changes everything, but I think it. I mean, it does, but I don't know how much it does. Right? Um, I still think Jakari Brown is uh, is it's it's a curveball for Clemson, right? And, and Max mentioned that if they blitz him, he this is what he's this is what he's made for, right? Like, like this is his style of, of quarterback play is if someone blitzes me, I can get out of the pocket. I can use my legs. Um, if they don't, are they going to drop eight? Like he said, in coverage, and he's going to be able to pick them apart with the dink and dunk and maybe still get some yards. Are they going to spy someone? Are they going to put a spy on him? So from an offensive perspective, I think that's really important. Um, what kind of concerns me is again, just not as blue mentioned, not enough depth, not enough people that are on the same page on this team. I think, I think if it gets away from them early, it could get ugly. Uh, But I think that if they hold on, if they continue to kind of like fight, even throughout the half, you know, throughout halftime and they keep it close, it's like a, like a 13, 10 game or something like that, then they, they might have a, you know, an opportunity to kind of steal one. Right. I don't know if that's a, if that's realistic per se, but it is college football. Anything can happen if you get hot and you find a weakness and you exploit it and you kick their ass somehow with it. You might have a shot. You might have a shot. What do you? I mean, at the end, of, and I know we say that. I say it. I say it. I don't know what what the right, you know, you know, thing to say is because yeah, we beat Georgia Tech, so everybody's like, oh wait, we got a shot at Clemson. I'm not saying it because of that, right? I'm saying it more because. If we're, we're being asked what it could take for them to win, right? Now, at the same time, is that realistic? I don't know. I, uh, you know, but if, if Miami had a shot to win, how, how could they do it, number one? And um, do you see it happening, I guess? I mean, I think anything's possible, but do you see so it happening? I'll just, I'll just put the, the second question, I'll put it this way. There's a much better chance Miami gets blown off the field and they win this game. Like, yeah. that they lose by, like, 20-plus, then, then they actually win. Right. Um, now, how do they win? I, I think it's going to be the same game plan they used last week, the same one they used at Virginia, which is run the ball, play conservative, shorten the game. That's what they've got to limit possessions. It's the exact opposite, essentially, of how we played offense last year. Right. Deliberate, run the play clock down, give Clemson the ball less. Clemson, the one, the one thing that could, and Blue touched on this, that could help Miami is Clemson is a high-mistake team. They do turn it over quite a bit. And if you frankly just slam the ball into the line and punt and wait for them to shoot themselves in the foot, basically what Duke did to us, yeah, it's not even you know, it could, it could, it could go that way. As, as Blue mentioned, Georgia Tech beat the same Duke team that blew us out because we just imploded. And Clemson has had stretches this year where they have imploded, but they're so talented they even like come back and win that game too, right? Most of the, they lost to Notre Dame, but other than that, I think it was Syracuse where they had five turnovers or whatever it was, and one anyway right. um so they might still win but that's how you if you're gonna say how do you stay in this game it's got to be playing a conservative short in the game and the defense cannot give up big plays because that's what florida state was everything like bad at once but when it was 14 to 3 in the first quarter that game was over 
because yeah. like, <laughs> as Lou said, we don't have the offense to come back from that. And this is still the case, right? Sure. So if you can if you can keep the score down where you can stay patient with the running game, it's definitely not going to be effective like it was last week. Like that's not happening. But you know, get enough yardage out of it, avoid negative plays. Frankly, punt a lot. We have a really good punter. Try to win the field position, steal points here and there, keep it low scoring, and then you know, maybe you have a game in the fourth quarter where all of the pressure will be on them. As Blue said, they're looking at a top five to ten finish. They still only have the one loss, and depending on how crazy it gets, they might even still get into the playoffs. So they're tenth by the playoffs. Notre Dame team that keeps winning. So yeah, yeah. So that loss doesn't look as bad. That Notre Dame's also the only team that beat North Carolina. They should have moved to the ACC. They could (laughs) have won the damn conference. But (laughs) (laughs) yet they lost to Marshall. Go figure. Uh, But but um, so that that's going to be you know that's the only way we can win this game. It's just. Shorten the game, keep it low scoring, run the ball. Even if the run's not effective, stick with it. Because you can't have these three and out 30-second possessions where you throw a bunch of incompletions and punt. That's that's not going to work. And then our safeties need to continue to play well because, you know, they weren't great against Florida State. We got beat over the top a few times. Like, that's – it'll only take a few big plays for Clemson to sink the whole thing because we won't – we can't play catch-up. Right. So, so you've got to make sure you don't give it the big plays and, and play physical too, just, you know – I, I I don't think we're going to win. In fact, I'd be surprised if it's even like one possession game. I'd be shocked. But Well, they're 20-point favorites right yeah, now. Yeah, right? and, and I think that's probably – I would, frankly, if I had to bet, I would bet on Clemson to win by more than that, just based yeah. on what we've seen this year. Now, with that said – Thankfully, you're not a betting man. No, otherwise I'd be broke because I picked <laughs> us to win quite a few times this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will say, I will say what I'm looking for out of this game is just, you know, acquit yourselves well, like play well, play hard, you know, play four quarters, hit them, tackle, yep. that kind of stuff. They're better than us. They're they're going to win anyway, most likely. But, but you know, that doesn't mean you can't go out there and do yourselves proud. Remember before the Florida State game, uh, we had Donald Bennett on talking about how like his proudest moment against Florida State was actually the game that he lost. Right. He was in wide right one and right white two, right, wide right two. Those were not the ones he picked. He picked a game at Florida State on that Charlie Ward team that won the national championship and said, we lost, but we played hard, and I was proud of the team. That's what I want out of this game. Speaking of, speaking of playing hard and, and the safety's doing a good job, how impressed are you with Marquise Williams? Uh, did, you, did you like what you saw out of him? I know, again, yeah. it's at the end of the game. It's a it's a blowout win already. But who cares? But I mean, who cares, right? He laid the wood on some kids. I think he, yeah. he gains 10, 15 pounds, and it's going to be hard to keep him off the field, man. The kid looks good. I yeah. think he, no, he's I the kind of guy that, that that's going to play safety here for a few years, and um, it's going to be nice to see him and Wes and – and Cam on the field together. You, you, you saw Nigel, even though he made that boneheaded play at the end with the personal foul, um, man, Nigel Lee Kelly, Kelly is a stud. And you oh, we yeah. all talked about how good he can be. Uh, and he's just getting more and more playing time now. And I just don't see how he's not going to be a staple on this defense next year. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. To come, You're yeah, probably going to see a lot of them this uh, this game. You're probably going to see a lot of from those. Not maybe not Marquise, but you're going to see Nigel League. You're going to see Wes a lot. Uh, Wes is now officially Mario did say this. He is officially a starting linebacker now with I think with Corey. So That's him and Corey Flag are, are the starting linebackers now for this team, which is really impressive. But I look at him, and I, I know we're kind of going off of the Clemson thing now, but I look at Wes, and I and I. 
and I stand him next to Harold Perkins, they look very similar in the way that they look, the way they play. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm not comparing him to Harold Perkins right now because Harold Perkins is an absolute stud. Uh, yeah. But Wes is right there, right there, right behind him. And it, it's funny because I just saw something on Twitter that said that the top two safeties in coverage this year's top two safety du- uh, duo in coverage uh, by rankings, some sort of ranking was actually Cam Kitchens and, and, and James Williams, which wow. kind of surprised me. But uh, I think uh, I think James is the kind of kid that if he if he cleans up some things, he he can be he can be a, an absolute stud as well. But uh, yeah, I just kind of wanted to mention Marquise because we were talking about the safeties, Vishments, and the safeties have to continue to play well. But um, I, I think that if he gains a couple of couple of pounds, he might. I mean, he could he could be a starter next year if if you ask me alongside Cam. So that could get interesting. Anyways, um, thank you guys for coming on the show. Uh, like I said, we will be doing the um, the Alzheimer's walk on Saturday morning, and then uh, quite possibly could could do a post game uh, pre excuse me a pregame show, maybe maybe from the watch party location. We might be able to do it there. That'd be kind of cool if we can do a, a watch party location uh, show. I, I, Blue, I know you're up north, but uh, you're always more than welcome to come down to the watch party. We'll probably do it at Miller's Ale House. So okay. you're more, more than welcome to come by and hang out with us and uh, and watch the game there. We'll, we'll have a we'll have a couple of us there watching it, and uh, obviously Evan, who is the who's yeah, the restaurant Evan can't he's watch the show because because Evan's working right now at Miller's Ale House, but yeah, he manages. He will. Um, uh, He'll yeah. help us out. He'll give us yeah. some some chairs, some tables, and stuff. So, yeah. uh, obviously, DJ, no chance. But hey, you're, you know you're always welcome <laughs> too, brother. Well, right? Leave you're now, DJ. Leave now. You're like yeah. You're like a thousand miles away. Sorry, bud. <laughs> One of these days, I'll come down. Maybe uh, January or February when it gets cold up here. Hell, Let's do it, baby. Here, but. Hell yeah. We, yeah. we do have a, a still yet to be defined everyone show up at DJ's house for one of these Boston College games. So. Oh man, <laughs> what is that next year? Do they play Boston College next year? It's, yeah, sure, I'm sure they're after they're every year now. So I, I think me, Blue, and Vish should, should take a trip up there to Boston to watch that game. The Three yeah. Stooges come visit DJ. Wow, wow! Boston Just College. took a shot right at us. Yeah. Three the real question is, who's, who's, I'm Larry. Who's you're Larry? Larry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you're Larry. Who's calling? Yeah. Curly and Mo, right? That's the yeah, you Mo, Vish, you're Curly. All right, all right. I'm the guy that everyone starts yelling about on the internet. Like, they're not supposed to be that color. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, appreciate it. You guys are always awesome. Big shout-out to Max for coming on the show. And uh, I promise we'll talk about Cam Kitchens earlier on the show next time. Uh, Let's hope we <laughs> have a reason to. Yeah, a good reason, a positive reason. Um, we'll see you guys on, on Saturday for the pregame. Take it easy, fellas. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rigs Kane Show. You know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.